This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20, livingrelief.com, living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. Apes that ain't All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with my less than enthusiastic friend, Will. Will, how you doing? <laughs> oh, my enthusiasm's here. It's just uh, tapered from being sick is all. It's... Well, speaking of sick, we've got a bunch of crazy things to talk about. There's been a lot going on in the world of NC State that will make some people sick and will make some people not sick. First of all, I want to start out with the news because we hadn't talked about it yet. And I don't think even you and I have talked about it, but Boo Corrigan wins some AD of the year award. How do you feel about that one? I just, um, (laughs) it was just a little confusing to me because at the time I wasn't aware that it was uh, more than a, he wasn't the only AD getting that award. (laughs) There's Um, 28 of them. In fact. Yeah. It's just um, twenty-eight. It's odd. I'm I'm curious what the metrics are. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were frustrated with some performance by Boo and encouraged by others. So, you know, I mean, our football season got derailed from a COVID bowl case. Our baseball season got derailed by COVID. Our basketball season, one half of which is going great, the other half is a is a turd in a bowl, and or sorry, a punch bowl, I believe is the way the phrase goes. Um, it just seemed an odd time for me. And I don't know. I, there's like a lot of people that are like, all those coaches are coaches that Debbie Yao hired. And I agree with that. Sure. But he's still here keeping them around. So he's got to get some credit. But it was just, um, just weird. It just was unexpected. Let, I let guess, me read you this headline it. from... June 15th, 2010. This is on WRL Sports Fan from 12 years ago. Lee Fowler to be honored as Southeast Athletic Director of the Year. These son of oh bitches, everybody gets one of these damn awards. Like, uh, <laughs> What year was that? 2010. 2010. Okay, let's see here. I'm trying to... That's the year before we fight. Wait, no, that doesn't line up. When did we fire uh, Tob? Was that 2012? Yeah, 12, that had to be 2012. Yeah, days was first. First year was 13. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I don't know what to think of these things. I think it's kind of crazy. Um, and like, the only thing we really have to judge Boo on is the baseball fiasco last year, and that sure didn't go well. You know. 
I think that is yeah. that is what people are really upset about. Outside of that, we have nothing to judge him on. He hasn't really made any hires, and we have no idea what he what his vision is. And I think that to me, that's the biggest problem. Like I don't know what to judge Boo on right now. I think it's fun to kind of make fun of him because we, you know, we don't know anything about him, right? He barely speaks to us. When we do with some generic red chair thing that he does that doesn't really give you any answers or any personality or any vision. And to me, that's the thing that's lacking among NC state sports. I think is what Debbie did really well was provide a vision. Like give me some sort of, what are you trying to do? What is your goal? What do you want me to buy into? Yeah. And very, and that's got to come from him. We don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very insulated. It's when, when he does reach out a lot of times, it's very um, kind of polished PRE. And um, that's why when they got him on camera at the Holiday Bowl, it was refreshing um, to kind of see a more raw version of him. Yeah. But I get the sense that he is very, maybe he's like that behind scenes. Maybe he's completely different. And then publicly, we have no idea. Tries to just not be out there. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> It's like the NIL collective, you know, that the scuttlebutt we get for that is, you know, off the record stuff from people. And it seems very compressed in its approach, I guess is the way I'll say it. Um, I guess, according to certain message board posters, that's not stopping us from starting our own collectives and just NC State having like 50 collectives. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't seem, yeah, we're not going there yet. Let's go but, back to, back to, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is <clears throat> when you don't give a guiding vision, it, you start to get a lot of cowboys yeah. Yeah. and it feels right now, right? Like a lot of people are kind of sitting there like, do we need to start doing our own thing? Yeah. So it just, <clears throat> I just, th- I need more than a pamphlet or a PDF file, I guess, but I'm sure it's coming, you know, maybe it's like with the baseball stadium, right? It's like. Didn't they have that thing like ready to hit send for like four months? And then, yeah, you know, by the time we got it right, it was March or February, whenever that was. So I don't know, man. Maybe they're just log jammed by some BOT nonsense. I don't know. I found an old article that James Curl had wrote in June 15th, oh, 2010. I'm going to read you. It's, it's short. It says, what happens when you stick a bunch of self-serving ADs in a room and vote on which one of them gets to win the award they're sole arbiters of? You wind up awarding it to the king of self-serving jackasses, ADs, Lee Fowler. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. And then he goes on to rant about it. But yeah. Would James come out that hot today? <laughs> no, no chance. No, not unless it's political or something. But at the same time, hold on. I'm going to say this, right? At that, By that time, like Lee Fowler had earned that. That he oh did. yeah like no yeah um, nobody liked Lee Fowler he's he butchered so many things yeah that yeah I I still can't believe he was around for as long as he was yeah. like I mean just shows you the power of the good old boy network I guess <laughs> yeah that's a that's a topic for another day as well uh, speaking of things that our AD has done Kevin Keats has a contract extension option if he so chooses. For an extra two years. 
Boo gave him extension. What was that? Two years ago. And then this was a clause that was added in because of the air quotes cloud hanging over the program. I mean, isn't it subjective to um, postseason bans and things like that? Like I, I, when I first read it, it was unclear to me that if it was even a clause that you could take into effect because all they've gotten is a, you know, a, uh, what do I want to say? Put on probation in one scholarship. Is that really enough to trigger this thing? It's up to Keats if he wants it. And so. What a weird contract. Clause. Weird contract. Clause. Apparently Boo's got the same thing in his. Which I think yeah. is also weird. But if you're Kevin Keats, are you taking that contract extension? Um. If it's the best paycheck he can get for a while, for sure. So my thought process is, one, he could win over a lot of people. Well, win over some people. If he said, hey, you know, we're, we're, we haven't gotten the results we wanted. I'm not going to trigger this. Right. That's what he that's how he can spin it. The reality uh, reality is if he accepts it, it makes him harder to poach to another school. Because that adds yeah. two years and a lot more money to his buyout, which is currently you know four point five million uh, for the remaining four years, and it gets to get lowered gets lowered by next year. But if he really does want to leave, which we thought he wanted to leave last year, we've had confirmed reports that he was interested in a lot of jobs. It, why would you? Why would he do this other than straight money grab? Like he knows yeah, he's well, getting fired, on. he's not going to get another job. Like I guess that's why he would do it. I mean, let's flip the script, right? Let's say we're in this position. Are you telling me you're not triggering this thing? I'd trigger it in a heartbeat. No, no, it's it's short sighted, man. If if you if you're really trying to get out, let's say he's trying to get out, even for any job that is a little bit less pay, right? I, I bet there's, but but there's probably a clause in his contract that says he can waive those buyouts. I, I'd be shocked. If no, he not. can't like, cause the buyout goes to the school. It's not to him. It, he gets, he gets a buyout. If we fire him, he can't waive it. So it would be up to the AD to waive it. Well, why would an AD waive it? If another school comes calling and says, Hey, we want your guy who finished dead last, you know, that's our guy. Well, it may be an agreement where both sides won out. I mean, it's that's po- kind of it's certainly possible. That that that's what I'm saying. But that would be short sighted so, to trigger it because it just becomes another obstacle in your way to get out, as opposed to if you say yep. if if you're looking at the paychecks, right? If you're just saying, all right, gives him mm-hmm. more money, he could, in theory, leave for another job. That pays less. So let's say he gets paid a million a year instead of a million and a half plus bonuses, whatever. And then he gets, you know, eight years. Now you're talking about eight years, you know, eight plus million versus the four that he's got left, right? He wouldn't do that. I don't think he would do that. It'll be interesting to see if he triggers this. And I don't know how we find out. (laughs) I Well, I just, the thing he's asking for is he hasn't earned the contract that he wants at a lower level. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see that scenario coming to pass where he gets the mega long-term contract at a UNC Wilmington type 
today. I think somebody would give him. Um, he he's got all the excuses. He's got the script already written. Some oh, I some know. tiny school that can give a million and a half. You know, give him eight years and say, yeah, we we like what this guy said. You know, he had a lot of adversity in NC State. He was working, you know, with a shorthand. You know, all the the narrative that we've heard. He can sell that to another to a school, get out, get a million and a half for eight years, and you know, reset his clock, do his thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I. I <laughs> there's a lot of college basketball coaches out there um, that aren't, you know, floating around at 500 or below 500 or slightly above 500, and with a DFL in the column right now. So yeah. Oh yeah. I. I think he could go, I mean, who knows, man? Crazy stuff happens all the time with this stuff. But I think I, I am, uh, if he doesn't turn it around relatively quickly at NC State, I don't see him ever being at a high major again. So do you want to try to get yourself longer time at this level? Or do you want to have an easy way out? I mean... I think saying that you want the easy way out requires you to um, have a lot of level of humility that hasn't really come across from him at some point yeah. as when it comes to his career goals. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting revelation. I don't know how we, ju- I mean, I'm surprised we just heard about that clause. Well, the contract hadn't been released to the public for some reason. It Maybe this is it. And then credit to Joe Giglio. He's the one that put file the freedom of information request and, and got the contract and was able to, you know, read it and see what it said. Yeah. But I'm surprised nobody had noticed that the contract wasn't public. Like Dave signed his contract and it was, you know, all over the place. Like straight away. Yeah. So maybe it was on purpose. Well, yeah. I don't know. Weird, isn't it? Oh man, I just hope that Julius Hodge doesn't tell everyone that Kevin Keats is fired when he gets fired because that apparently rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> we'll get to that one too. Um, <laughs> going on about basketball, basketball has been in a state of turmoil, right? To say it nicely, oh, everything's fine, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Dillingham, the five star point guard, best point guard in the class decommitted are you surprised i'm in i thought the writing was on the wall i didn't buy the he's reclassifying that's why he's deleting every reference to his commitment on social media right like you know watch what they do not what they say exactly i guess yeah unless when they say uh they're deleting everything (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, shredding the documents is never a good sign. You and I talked about this already. Like we saw this coming. You know, it it's an it was it was inevitable. Like the Kentucky five star decommitted or going pro, I forgot whatever happened to him. And then all of a sudden Dillingham starts purging his social media of his state commitment stuff and all that. Like, come on now. We it doesn't take a genius to connect those dots. And we had already talked about this. Like that's again, watch what they do. Not what they say. Even though everybody was telling us, well, I talked to his family and they said, 
you know, he's gonna he's gonna come early. He's gonna do this. He still loves Kevin Keats. Ain't about that, man. It ain't about that. I'll, I'll tell you this. I never watched a single highlight of Dillingham because I've seen, I mean, I've just seen it too many times now, right? Hall, LeCue, Dillingham. I'm not getting invested until these guys show up on campus. Like, it's just. That's exactly it, right. It seems too good to be true. That's exactly right. I was talking, was texting with a buddy of mine, and we were talking about Dillingham. And he he said, I got burned by the Leslie and Harrow class, never putting my faith in anyone who hasn't proved it on the court yet. It's like, yeah, I mean, this is not the first time Mm -hmm. we've seen this happen. And he was the reason a lot of people said Kevin Keats could keep, should keep his job. Look how great of a recruiter he is. No. Yeah. You're making me go back in time now. Um, I still think CJ Leslie paid off out of that portion of that class. I can't remember. It was Brown. No, Lorenzo was in the class before technically, right? Uh, I don't remember to be honest. Oh gosh. I'll do this research on the fly while we move to the next part of this topic, but uh, yeah. So he decommitted and this is a kind of a ongoing ridiculous saga that we've had over probably the last few months. Did he decommit because of NC state's bad fans? I'm <clears throat> Don't go on a Kentucky message board after a loss. <laughs> if you think we're bad, trust me. At least, you know, there's some modicum of society out here. There's nothing but Kentucky basketball out there. So, uh, good luck if that's the case. You know, it's a bad luck when fans of any school are um, getting into Twitter beefs with parents of players. Like, maybe back off of that topic, but... Um, yeah, I, I think fans expressing their angst over a really bad year or frustrating several years, um, like this, you you can't sit here and like cleanse the NC state Twitter timeline, uh, and act like we have to just be super fans at all times. Like that, that's just as fake. It's not realistic, right? So it's, these conversations are happening everywhere it's not just online right there's frustration with the program i don't tweet recruits don't we don't don't badmouth players right you can be frustrated with them i get that don't talk shit about them but everybody does it yeah like look at the go look at the responses to the kentucky loss to st peter's that was just straight vitriol go look at the ohio state loss those people want Chris Holtman fired. Like it's insane. I think it's insane for people to think it's our bad fans. Hey, they, you know, they, the recruits read our message boards. They probably read everybody's message board. Everybody's message boards are the same. They're full of fans who are crazy. That's, that's what's good about these sports. Good about college sports is the excitement, the passion. Like people are going to talk smack. If you can't yeah. handle some message board fodder, you probably shouldn't be a high level athlete. I think there's probably a also, disconnect. Just don't go look. Yeah, don't go look. Just Seriously. don't look. Let me just tell, give you a, a a recommendation for your mental health. Never give a crap what other people are saying about you, especially when you're an athlete. It's like 
you do not need to know what the 30 to 60 year olds on a message board are pecking out on their keyboard Saturday morning over coffee about how you blew it the night before. Like, it's just it's not worth it, man. You cannot change any troll's mind on the Internet. Just give up on that. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks, you know, because you want to be connected to the community and you want to enjoy it. And either you got to go in with the thickest of skins and find the sunshiners or you got to block everyone or whatever. But, man, there's just focus on your brand. Uh, don't engage with any fans. Yeah, that's that's my recommendation. Like if, you're, if you're a parent, I don't know why you would seek out that conversation about your child because, you know, there's going to be some stuff you don't want to read. There's going to be some hate. There's going to be some stupid. And I get it. It shouldn't be there. People don't need to do it. It's kind of stupid that they do it, but it's just the way it is. It usually starts because they're trying to defend their child. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's usually what it comes down to. And in the history of message boards where I've seen it happen, it's usually coach doesn't know what he's doing, not using my, my kid the right way. Uh, or you're wrong. You don't know about what's going on behind the scenes. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. It, it's not worth it, man. It's just not worth it. You can't turn the tide of it. Yeah. Um, that 2010 class had CJ Leslie, Lorenzo Brown, and Ryan Harrow. Mm. I consider that a good class. Yeah. Real good. I mean, yeah, Harrow Harrow didn't work out, but the other two, they gave you a sweet 16. Yeah, real good. But yeah, I, I really am just so tired of the fan narrative that you're a bad fan, right? You don't pay attention to every little thing that's happening, you know, you're a bad fan or you're not a super homer. I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Like I, I don't have a whole lot of time to pay attention to every sport NC State plays in. Do I see the results? Am I happy they won? Great. Love it. I'm glad wrestling's good. I'm glad the women's basketball is good. What I care about football, basketball, baseball now, I've watched some women, women's basketball. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, lo- I love Brayden Holloway. I think everything he says is great, but I'm not watching swim meets. I don't have time for that. Yeah, the problem is, Evan, some of us just bleed red. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, not the red and white. And there's just other stuff in life that's going to take over some stuff, you know. But I consider devote, <laughs> devoting what, like, 40-some-plus weeks of the year to giving you an audio format broadcast that I think we care. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, or I think we need the therapy that it provides. Yeah. Um, I wish I could just be positive like that. But, you know, I live in the real world. Yeah. And NC State hasn't been able to deliver us a conference title in the major sports. And it's good that we're getting it in a lot of the – we're getting the women's sports and we're getting it in the non-revs and that's great. Um, but some of us are still really freaking hungry and remember that bitter disappointment in title games or the game before the title that costs us everything. And so it's it's just, you know, different perspectives makes the whole makes the whole fa- fan base complete. Uh, but stop tweeting at parents, please. <laughs> yeah. And I just there's there's so much there's such a disconnect with and I'm gonna bring us back to basketball. Why people wonder why why are all our other sports good? 
Because Debbie hired a bunch of good coaches. And when she didn't, she failed fast and found another good coach, right? Until she found the guy that she wanted. Now, I don't expect her to hit on every one of them. And she didn't. She hit on a lot of them. But I don't understand why people can't apply that same logic to basketball. Yeah. It's also... um, NC State wanted to be better as a whole. And so she ran with that vision. Um, I get the sense that not everyone in the conference shares that uh, belief. Right. Um, and that investment paid off. So, you know, you think you take the lessons learned from it, which is invest and double down further in these major sports and, and the revenues. And then maybe it'll pay off. Got a better football staff, support staff around those guys. They managed a disaster season and seem to have turned it around. You know, I can't, you know, we'll save some more thoughts on that, I guess, for in the summer here. Um, but it this, I don't know. It's it's just weird. We've it's weird looking at basketball and not having like the view that like, are we really improving here? We've had thirty yeah. years of incompetence plus in the leadership department. We've just now started to set the ship right. We've we had Fowler, Todd Turner, all those other. There's a, there's a great Twitter thread. Somebody had commented on and we got going on it. It's all self-imposed. Like all this stuff that has happened to us has mm-hmm. been self-imposed between the leadership and the, the boys behind the scene making these decisions. It's not some cosmic force or some curse that's keeping us from winning. It's all us, right? Make the decisions, make, you know, Debbie came in here. She demanded, Hey, we be better. Remember, refuse to accept the status quo. Be better. I don't understand why people lose that when they, you know, when they're talking about Keats or when they're talking about a program that's not winning. Like he was, he was dead last. And there's all it is is full of excuses. There's still no vision behind it. Where are we going? What are we doing? Yeah. The problem is, is you're, it's hard to find, it, it's easy to find the excuses. It's hard to find what I'd call the actual value points. And it, you know, we get flamed for it. I think a lot of the fan base gets flamed for it by like watching the basketball games and being like, I don't really see like what we're running. What are we doing coming out of timeouts? Little game management issues that have been happening for four plus years now. The talent isn't sticking around. The talent doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you've got isolated play that looks really good, but you don't see really true cohesive team play. Not like what you see out of these tournament teams that are doing well. Yeah. Right. I I just think it's reasonable to say like, I get it. The NCAA thing was a problem. You weren't going to pay people under the table. It's just what you got to do to be successful in college basketball. I don't even know why we're acting like this isn't a thing. You know, they didn't want to do what LSU did, which was keep cheating after the fact. Right. So I get it. Um, But show me what the roadmap is to get out of this. Because Cam Hayes looked impressive 
and Spurs last year and looked like you're going to build around him. He's gone. Shaquille Moore is gone. You know, Jalen Gibson, he probably shouldn't have ever been here. He's gone. Who else is going into the, you know, is uh, Helms probably isn't. Returning. Thomas Allen again. Get to that. Thomas Allen. That's the one I was talking. Yeah. You know, so. <clears throat> I mean, the excuses are gone. You can't say like, well, the lack of a, the potential postseason ban is keeping transfers away. OK, well, that shouldn't be a problem now. Oh, we aren't able to pay players. Well, now you've got an NIL collective that'll be here soon. If they were smart, they would have had their shit in order, you know, before transfer happy season. But I'm sure they're at least telling guys on the trail that, hey, money's coming. Um, you know, not that you would want to tell people to that you'd pay them to come play here, because God forbid we do that in this sport. <laughs> Just so dumb. I mean, I guess we'll get onto that later. So Hayes, um, Hayes, Gibson, Allen are all in the portal. Helms is already selling his gear online, yep. which Devin Daniels did too, despite both of them having an extra year. Helms is gone. Helms not coming back. Can I just say it's kind of weird that you know you brought in Jericho Helms, you've played him a ton, and you're not even like trying to retain him. Like I, I, I know a lot of people get like hot and bothered right but to me it just seems kind of weird um you know that tells me friction between player and coach and doesn't want to spend another year i get it but that's the problem right is like the culture isn't inviting people to stay around right now and so okay well we'll go into basketball season next year with at least four new players maybe more you know, I don't think Sebron's going to come back. So I think if Sebron gets a chance to go make money, he'll go make money. Yeah, he's gone. And I think, I don't know what keeps Manny Bates around, quite frankly. Like, yeah. Make it through a season, I guess. You know, maybe that gives you better prospects, but go get paid internationally and make it through a season. And the NBA will find you. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to give many Bates advice to leave, but I just, I'm confused at why there's so much hope and naive, like just naivety, naivety. Is that the word I want to say? Naivety, naivety, man, I'm way too sick. I cannot get my head right. But there's just people being naive about this whole situation where you could have like a roster that has tea and that's it. Basically, well, you know, pass. Don't be surprised. Jaquavion <laughs> Smith is going to test the NBA walkers. He's going to go and find out what they have to say to him. We've had a lot of happen. players in NC State's history go pro early that should not have gone pro. Yeah. So if he does test the NBA walkers, which I believe he's going to do, I, I would expect him to leave. I don't think he comes back. All it needs is one NBA team to say, hey, we'll take a shot at you. I just don't see anyone taking it on him. I don't either, like, but I, I've seen uh, Josh yeah. Powell, right? Same thing. Shouldn't have gone pro. Ted Capita. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of those guys that uh, just that decision is is there's obviously something else involved in that decision, whether it's money or I don't like school or, or any of those things. So you're looking yeah, at I mean, this roster right now of Pass, Morcel, Gant, Ernest Ross. I mean, you got to hit the portal. You've got to go and get a just a whole bunch of guys. And here's here's my problem with that. Like, I get it. You have to do it. Everybody has to do it. But you have a lot of minutes to sell. That's good. You're going to have to get 
grad transfers because what young guy wants to come here with dead man walking? Keats on the hottest seat in the league, if not the country. Who's going to want to come here for multiple years when you don't know who the next coach is going to be? Unless you're just blind to that whole thing, which is possible. I don't know. Yeah. No, he needs hungry older players. And so you get those hungry older players. Let's say you get a bunch of grad transfers. You get five grad transfers. Great. They have a good year. They're 500 in the league. Woohoo. Then they all leave again, and you're right back where you started. <laughs> like, there's. Well, here's the thing, right? <clears throat> that's that's that was supposed to be his calling card. Yeah, he's supposed to be able to handle completely brand new rosters every year, and maybe he can. And and that's why I just keep saying that nil collective gets in place, no cloud, plenty of playing time. Go get the guys that you said that you couldn't get for the last four years. Just go get them, and let's see what we can do. I mean, I don't think getting to 500 is acceptable. Like that's that's just repeating. Yeah. So well, I don't want to get into that because there's another question later on that we'll get to. Okay. But this somebody brought it up in the chat in the pod chat earlier. Again, really good discussion there. One of the comments was, "Was it him that was rebuilding his roster, or was it Hargrave? Was it?" Kids knowing they need to go to a basketball factory, get their life straight, and then get oh, and get yeah. on, right? How much is that his keys? How much did he have to recruit or build those rosters rather than, you know, the school doing it? I don't know. Yeah. I have some serious questions about I mean, that that's now. a good question. Yeah. yeah. Like, was Hartgrave always the kind of institute it was? Kind of like Oak Hill, right? It's like, were these places always this way? And, you know, just when you finally start paying attention to recruiting, you realize it. Um, or was it like a Donda Academy that you basically raised the, out of the ground out of nowhere? Yeah. You know? I mean, so, I mean, the thing is, like, he's shown that he can sustain success given that opportunity. And he must be personable enough that he kind of attracts this high-level talent. It's just managing it and keeping it around. And I don't know. I mean, we're going to get some changes on the staff. So maybe we'll get what we asked for and a little bit of improvement there. It goes a long way. Maybe, maybe without the cloud over him. So hold on, hold on, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on. What we asked for this podcast never asked for <laughs> staff changes because <laughs> and somebody called me up. One of us. Did. Somebody called me on that, <laughs> and I got receipts, son, because I've never said that. I think it's an absolute vanity move. I don't think it does anything, and I think it's hypocritical. Why are you going to, you know, blame the fans or injuries and then fire coaches and say, "Oh, it's just co- we have bad coaches." That ain't right, man. It's. As much as I don't like Roberson, he was done wrong. Mike Sumney was done wrong. I think that whole situation is is BS. And I knew, we all knew it was coming because people who were surface level said, oh, you know, you got to change your staff. Like that is going to have some magical cure. You're going to bring in some basketball savant who's only going to be here one year who wants to come here and rent. Like, hey, we need you for a year because I'm getting fired. I'm leaving. 
after next year. Like it's going to be hard to bring in the level of coach that people are saying they want when they say, Hey, he needs to improve his staff. Well, I was one of those people that said he should improve his staff. So I'll go on the record and say it. I think it's crazy. So it's absolutely crazy. And it really, I will say this. My, my request wasn't that we we're going to find some basketball savant is that we we're going to find someone that is at least appropriate for an ACC basketball staff. And Roberson is not that I'm sorry. He doesn't have the pedigree that's required. I, I okay? no, no argument there. I don't get the semi-fire unless he and Keats had friction. And frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if they had friction. So I, I think that's absolute. It's absolute garbage, right? He, somebody brought in our best recruit for this, for this last class. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm just yeah, saying I'm in general. I'm not saying the problems with Sunny. Yeah, no, no, I, I got it. So, he, Roberson should never have been hired. It was just one of those yeah. nepotism. He's my boy. My financial advisor, high school basketball coach, like that ain't gonna work. Somebody got hosed, and I think it's the exact opposite of what you need at NC State. He's a Wolfpacker, diehard, dream job, went to school here, grew up a fan, was a manager here, like grinded through all of this. When he got hired, there were people out there saying it's, this is a home run hire for NC State. Kevin Keats nailed this one. Like I'm reading, ESPN analyst calls Mike Summy a home run hire for NC State. Goes on about how hard of a worker, a hard of a worker he is, how great he can sell this program. So there's something else that happened behind the scenes because there's no reason that he should have been let go first among all the other nonsense. I think that is just so just epitomizes what's wrong with this program. Yeah. And I'm not saying you got to fill the roster with unqualified alumni because they're alumni. He was one that's very qualified. He, his career trajectory has been up. He's been moving up. He's been doing the things the right way. Yeah. Quite frankly, you're going to have a harder time getting the qualified alums to come back until there's a bigger change. Yes. Because they're going to see how one of their own just got treated. Exactly. You know, I mean, it kind of comes back to like the whole, you know, who they allowed to have access to the program, you know, those what were the tweets from Stats Battle and others, right? About just access being removed and everything being about Kevin and blah, 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 right? It's just, to me, it's just not a good sign of the culture. It's not a good sign of culture when you have to bring in the buddy. It's not a good sign of the culture when you have to get rid of the one coach who probably wants to be there more than you do. And, you know, I, I just, I think it's just coming off as, you know, Kevin's bringing in guys that he thinks he can kind of have control over. And I guess, you know, that's how it works in that field. But, I just get the sense that, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a magic bullet with the coaches, but I frankly, I needed Roberson out and replace them with someone who's been a mid-major coach. I don't care who it is, but he needs to be someone at this level who's been dealing with D1 players. You know, I mean, one of the candidates out there is someone who's come from a prep background, dealt with a lot of D1 players, but also has been an assistant coach at a mid-major. And 
I'll give that person a pass. They've at least done something more than Roberson. I just couldn't believe it. I, I still don't even know how he got hired. Can't I cannot believe that got approved. But you know, it's funny. I whatever. I talked to a coach the other day and it pointed out to me, like, look at staffs, right? Look at the way the staffs in these tournaments are handling things. And and one he he pointed out was Matt Painter. Like, look at the Purdue game. The end of that game, the assistant, one of the assistants comes in, grabs the clipboard, draws up a play. Matt Painter's you know, looking over his shoulder, you know, providing some insight, but the assistant is drawing up these plays. That's a cohesive staff. That's a guy whose ego is not in the way when an assistant coach knows what he's doing, right? You go back to Herb Sendek. You go look at those timeouts. Sean Miller was the one drawing up those plays. Herb was putting his inside in, but it was Sean Miller who was orchestrating it, right? The offense we ran wasn't Herb's offense. It was Larry Hunter's offense. That's a cohesive staff that's working together. We don't have that. We don't have any of that. Our staff sits there dead silent. Keats is orchestrating, doing whatever he wants to do. And that goes in line with everything we've heard over the last like three months that he micromanages everything. He doesn't let dudes do what he wants to do. Sorry, I just got a text message. And I just, it's, it's so frustrating to see because I think if you're, and I, I got really frustrated with the fans who were like, yeah, you know, you know, somebody didn't fit here or like, come on, man. That's just, it's just not paying attention. That's just regurgitating some nonsense. And they, Oh, look, Dave fired his, you know, Dave fired the staff, you know, or boo demanded that Dave fire his staff. That's not how that went down. No. That's ignorance from people who were saying that. Been hired. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's the problem, right? Is like my, my biggest concern with Kevin Keats is that, he had no network when he got hired. And as soon as one or two of those guys left, you started filling it in with very questionable hires or just guys that he didn't have a real history with. And I don't think that breeds confidence then for Kevin to rely on people. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, then he starts getting worried about his job, starts trying to take control of everything, you know, or retain control of everything. Let me rephrase yeah. that. And, you know, you're not you're not leveraging your people then. And then the product starts suffering. So yeah, part of the reason I thought staff changes would help is if he could get guys that he can trust to run stuff, that might help relieve the, the pressure internally in the building a little but bit. But if he's got his boys right? now. Yeah. And that's not I happening. I don't know. Who's gonna come in? It's gonna help. And I saw Back Insider put out a piece today that that now's the time to bring back Julius Hodge. And I'm adamantly against that. And I'm going to walk this fine line because Julius Hodge is one of my favorite players of all time. He is my favorite player of all time for state basketball. I got a damn picture right in front of autographed picture on my wall right in front of me right now. Julius Hodge. Humble brag. And I don't think this is the right move. And people ask me why why did i say that and i know it's gonna piss some people off but here here it goes one what do we do with sydney low right that was painful to watch as a very beloved alumni we had to fire him we had to 
you know, turn on him because there was so much people didn't like him. He wasn't, he wasn't producing, wasn't doing his thing that he wasn't getting results. Right. And people could see that. And now you're like, man, I love the guys, you know, we owe him a lot, but you know, like, come on now. Now I gotta, now we gotta fire him. I don't want to deal with Julius Hodge. Second, look at Julius Hodge's career trajectory. And I mean this, no offense to Julius Hodge. He struggled after basketball. I still don't think he's found his coaching wing, so to speak. Now, maybe Arkansas Pine Bluff is, or Little Rock is different. Maybe he's starting to, to grow in that regards because there are some you know, people saying that he's having success there. I hope he does. Now is not the right time for him to do that. Third, why would Kevin Keats bring somebody in who's going to take the attention off of him? We're talking about a guy who won't let gear be sold because he wants to have exclusive gear. And you're going to bring in the, the most famous or second most famous, very vibrant, personable state basketball alum? Bad idea. You want to talk about all kinds yeah. of conf- personality conflicts. I think yeah. he would be great in a role that is like alumni relations or something where culture building. I think that's that's right where he slides in. And we're, yeah, but even then you got to be aligned on culture, right? And well, how you run things, right? Right, and I. But you can't you can't be you can't do things the way Kevin Keats wants to do them right now, and what the way that the rest of Wolfpack fans want to do it, right? With not alienating former players and you know building this culture. I don't know what culture we have. You look at we don't we definitely don't have what Dave has done with football, where guys don't want to leave. We've got guys bouncing all the time out of here in basketball. So I don't really, I don't know what it is. And to me, that's the biggest problem with, with what Keats is trying to do. Like, what's the vision? What are you trying to do? What kind of guys do you want? What kind of offense are you going to run? What kind of defense are you going to run? Nobody can answer those questions. That's the problem. That's the problem for me. I don't, I have, and that's why I don't think there's any hope with next season. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I really don't know what you're trying to do. Just tell me something, right? Tell me, do what you said you were going to do. Play that up-tempo, that high-press offense. Bring in a bunch of little guards that you can use that, you can do that with. But do it, right? I just, it, it's, it fires me up that we are, that our basketball program is, at this point right now where we are on the verge of becoming BC basketball where there's nobody in the arena. People just don't care. And just, you have just no idea what, what to expect or what they're going to do other than, Hey, they're probably not going to be great. That is a bad place to be. That's a bad place to be. And it's frustrating. Let me ask you this question. It was on the radio today. And this might put in the pod chat for us. Is it hypocritical of Kevin Keeps to blame the season on injuries and then fire two assistant coaches? If Keats deserves another year because of injuries in the cloud, then why is it not applicable for the other coaches? 
What do you think about that? Uh, I think, I mean, really the question is, is it fair that Mike got fired or not? <laughs> I mean, I, my guess is, uh, Roberson got here and, uh, wasn't cutting it at this level. And that was, you know, going to happen no matter what. It's my feel. Um, yeah, I mean, the injuries thing is BS, but the clouds BS like it's you can show progress while dealing with adversity and you know those are just excuses there's they're just covering things up uh, you know <laughs> my guess is that Mike and Kevin you know I think Kevin needs people that are betas and aren't going to offer up suggestions and counterpoints yeah to them and I think anyone that's got a lot of, uh, I don't know how I want to phrase this. So I, I just think that there was, that was, I, I just don't think it was ever going to work. Um, you know, Kevin needs to have some self-reflection if he wants to improve things, I guess is what I'm saying. And so you can say, yeah, the injuries and all this stuff kind of set you for lower outcomes for the season doesn't mean you had to finish the way you finished um you know i mean just the product of the court looks toxic to me i mean you know you've got i as a player never liked playing with ball hogs and i don't know if there's three other guys on the court how do you motivate yourself to keep playing when there's two guys that are going to suck up every single attempt it's just not fun to play with and you know, Kevin decided that, that was the only way he was going to win games. And at some point, you have to say, like, okay, I'd rather finish dead last, but playing cohesive basketball and building to something versus I'm going to finish dead last, but I got to keep these two guys around because they're the best players on the team, and I don't care how everyone else feels. I know Casey can't transfer again unless he wants to sit out a year. I know blah, 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 right? Like, that that's the way it came across to me. So Cool, we're hoping. Holding yeah, guys hostage. <laughs> kind of. And <laughs> in, in some way you I are. I know you are, yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. You know, or you're promising them, like, I swear to God, guys, like, we're going to get the guy, you know, we have to purge a couple of these guys out. Like, Jalen, come on, man, this guy doesn't belong here. You know, that was a flyer we took on these guys during the NCAA thing. But now we're going to just bring in all these transfers. We're going to and I hope we're going to surround it with the guys you want to be surrounded with. Maybe that's happening. And maybe they just thought, let's just give these guys touches, you know, improve things. But, man. I don't know. Firing Sami, I don't see how that fixes that. But, you know, you got to get... I, I, I still think that the staff need to improve. Honestly, I would get rid of James Johnson. He's been here a long time. I just, you know, him and Keats are just boys. Mm -hmm. it just I just don't... I just think it's time for James Johnson to get a little taste somewhere else for a little bit, quite personally. You know, I... It's funny, like, to see, like, guys, like, kind of, like, when you read their bios and it's, like, they claim credit for, like, DJ Funderbrook. Like, I think DJ Funderbrook is the reason DJ Funderbrook was really good. Um, You know, uh, Omer, you're seven. You really get to claim him when you guys couldn't even keep him around? Like, come on. Like, I, I need some I need some truth serum. <laughs> yeah. With the staff about where, you know, how we ended up the way we ended up, but whatever just bring in you know here's the thing 
you could say maybe I'm getting rid of those guys because I need to bring in assistants who have connections to transfers and things like that. And then, then it's, you know, it's a Band-Aid and you're just trying to get through this year. Because, I mean, you have to think if you're Keats, like, Jesus, if I do this again, right, I'm definitely getting fired. So I'm sure he's making moves now and hoping he can find people that are connected with other players and can hopefully get that injection to get over the hump, you know, for the, the year and then kind of see where it goes. I, I just get a feeling Kevin's going to have to play that let's see where it goes game for the next couple of years until, you know, either it stabilizes, you know, and they hit, hit some successes or he's out of here. Like, you know, me, I'd rather just cut bait at this point and just go get another coach, but we're so late in the cycle. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing you look at, you look at all, all the, I don't say the hot candidates, but let's, let's just say the Millers. Right. And, and I know there, there's some, there's some history there, but, those are two guys that are qualified coaches, very qualified coaches who don't have buyouts. Right? There's no obstacle for them to get hired. And now you missed, now you missed on them. They both have jobs again, right? At, you know, Sean Miller went to Xavier in the big East, which is, you know, arguably a better basketball conference right now. Archie went to Rhode Island. You know, even all the way down. So I had done uh, done some research earlier in the year when it looked like maybe he'd be gone. And like all the way down, the guys like Eric Conkle at Louisiana Tech, he just got a new job. He's going to Tulsa. Like it's, I don't know where you would end up at the moment right now, but there's a lot of opportunities that just you just missed on. And again, if we go back to the conversation earlier. We've been in inept for 30 years because of ourselves. It's nobody else to blame. Blame our leadership. Blame the people who are making these decisions. And that's that's where my frustration lies. And I have and the problem with that is then you have you start having fans question why do they support athletics? I was talking to my buddy last night, mm-hmm. big donor, puts a lot of money in, buys a bunch of football tickets. You know, buys tickets to other games just to just to give money. And he, yeah, he said, well, you know, I had this conversation driving down the road and I'm thinking to myself, why am I giving money to this? Like, why? What am I buying into when the administration doesn't seem to care? It doesn't have a vision that they're going to sell me. I could save myself 15, you know, 10, 15 grand a year. What am I buying? Why am I, I, you know, I've really had questions. Why am I considering, why am I keep donating? Why am I giving money to this? And that's the disconnect. Here. And you you lose a lot of fans that way. Lee Fowler lost a generation of fans by doing the same stuff. I've had the same conversation. I, you know, do I really want to buy tickets again? Do I really want to keep doing this? I could just watch it at home. Like, ah, well, you know, got my LTR is kind of pot coming in at this point. But again, the fact that I'm having this conversation and a lot of Wolfpack fans are thinking the same way. Why am I giving my money? What is what is it? What are they trying to do to give me a return on that? Well, you get no return on your money. And that's why college sports is the biggest racket there that's is. That's probably true, too. They blame you, the fans, for not giving them the money. Yeah. When they've got all the money and they could give it to the players on the run. 
super frustrating, right? It's, it's, if, if we had a galvanizing force that just came out and said, Hey, we are doing this. This is where we are going. This is what we are going to do. This is what's next. Blah, blah, blah. People would feel better. The only thing you're hanging your hat on next year is LTRs for basketball. Like that's what people like. Nobody's going to buy tickets. It's going to be a real hard sell when they come calling. Hey, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's get, let's get your renew your tickets. Uh, there's some good halftime acts coming up this year. Like, what are they going to sell you? I don't know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, speaking of selling, one of the questions we got is why would a player with one year eligibility left come to a school like NC state who was last historically bad and has a chance of not making the tournament. Maybe we should lower our standards rather than swing for the fences with grad transfer guys. This is from the chat. We were talking about, you know, we need grad transfers. We need to get older. We need guys that can bring some stability to the program. Why would those people come? Um, playing time. Get to play in the ACC. You know, get to play Duke and Carolina. Tobacco Road, history. The fact is we do have an arena that we can occasionally sell out. Like it's not it shouldn't be hard to sell this to anybody. A lot of minutes like, in the ACC available. Ton of minutes. Yeah. Who's your direct con- hey, you know, go find someone that really loves passing the ball. Because I got someone who will always take that <laughs> ball from him and shoot it. <laughs> You'll lead the nation in assists when if he's hot. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Like if you got a real facilitator and like an alpha that could kind of come in and t- tell Turquavian, like, yo, I'm going to put you in good spots. Uh, but the offense is going to flow through me to you. You know, that's what they need. They didn't have that last year. You yeah. know? So I, I think there are ways to sell it. Like, Hey, you're going to be surrounded by some great guys. Or if not, like who knows, man, you're going to get $50,000. How's that sound? Yeah. So speaking of, we're going to use the NIL collective. We've, we've talked about this before. There's people putting together a collective and their goal was $300,000. They've reached that goal or exceeded that goal is from what we're hearing. How are they going to use that? The plan was for Helm, Sebron and Bates what was the goal again, Evan? 300,000. Okay. And they're going to use it on three players that we currently have. I think that's um not sure that's the best use of that money. I don't know. I would uh do what it takes to retain the guys you think are important and I would do what it takes to get the guys that make them successful. Yeah. Like, if you think Darian Sebron is necessary, you know, is is the guy, then, like, don't let him be the point guard. Yeah. Let him do what he does off the ball. Like, build the team around it. Build it to your strengths. You know, it just... (laughs) Yeah. Just do something different than you have from a transfer perspective. That's where the money is going to be going, I would think. It's and this is where there's going to start being conflicts with that. Who's divvying up that money? Where does it go? Wait until this collective doesn't agree with what the coach wants to do, and 
I think you'll have some, uh, probably who knows if we'll hear about it, but you'll have some, some conflicts and you'll have some things that are going to be self again, self-imposed disappointing. I don't know. I liked your idea earlier when we were texting that rather than, rather than NIL to lure, um, recruits and, and whatnot, it's colleges have to, should be doing revenue share with sports like ticket sales, you know, players get percentage of this advertising TV yeah. money, like all that stuff. I, th- I think that's a lot more interesting than this ridiculous wild west. That is this, the NIL at the moment. It's absolutely stupid. The only reason we're here is because I guess they want to protect their nonprofit status, which is insane. Yeah, of course. Or whatever. Like it's, it's, I cannot believe that no one has had a successful suit go through yet. That's like, um, in what effing world are players generating this much money and not being compensated as employees? They're employees. Yeah. They can still go to school and get a degree. But, I mean, this is just absolute nonsense. Yeah. And, like, we were like, oh, how would it work? Well, guess what? You wouldn't pay coaches as much. Yeah, right? Shocker. And coaches should be fine with that. Because then coaches are like, God, do you know how much effing easier it is for me to go out and be like, hey, we have a salary structure. <laughs> so, you come here for one year, you get this. You come here for two years, you get this. You come here for four years, you get this. If you do good enough, there's a job for you waiting at the end of this yeah. year. Because you're being trained in how to be a basketball player and a basketball coach, if you want it. You know? Yep. And and then, quite frankly, like maybe you could allow students or a lot of these guys to come to school and like actually get taught like what they need to learn. There's a lot of guys who come to the school and need remedial education, and they're not getting it. And you know, I think that's a bigger disservice than anything else. So, I just think it's absolute effing nonsense. And if it leads to athletic departments being slightly smaller, um, boo freaking who? Like, the players should be getting paid. And it's so stupid that fans and alumni are the ones that have to go and pay them. Yeah. Yep. Like, you're the biggest suckers of all. You're wasting your money paying someone while everyone else gets to go cash all those checks? Yep. Like, that's insane. This whole thing's insane. It's so stupid. And this whole like, oh, I'm not going to be a fan of this if these guys, whatever. These guys should get paid. They're clearly worth money. And you're going to watch them because they have your logo on. It's how it works. They're part of your tribe. And if you don't want to be part of the tribe anymore, then go off and watch whatever you want to watch. Like, but I don't think it's going to change. Yeah. Agreed. You know, it's just, it's just fairness. You know, if you work that hard all the time, and we're told, well, we're giving you a scholarship. That should be enough. I bet you'd be pissed nowadays. <laughs> now when you guys see how much money's out yeah. there. I'm getting tired, Evan. How many more, more of these we got? Two, two or three more. Just want to hear okay. this one to be fast. Just want to hear your thoughts on mid-major players and how they factor into transfer portal options. Are there any names to stick out to you? I'm like, no, I'm not paying attention to the portal yet. I just leave that to guys like Matt Coe, who are obsessed with the yeah. portal. <laughs> I have no interest in that until, you know, after the tournament, when you start seeing guys out there, 
The only one I'm going to say, there's, well, there's two out there, and I think they're funny that I remember them. One, Nellie Cummins, the guard at Colgate. And the reason I said that is because when all of the major sites putting out, so the Wolfpacker, Wolfpack Central, whatever, Pack Pride, IPS, start putting out stories about this kid, all that comes from internally in the program. Somebody said, hey, this is, you know, this, look at this guy. This is the guy we're after. <laughs> so they're all put out stories at the same time. Like that's, there's no coincidence. So they're clearly targeting this guy. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else. Like who the hell knows? There's going to be a, last year there was what? 1400 players in the portal. I don't know what the number is now, but it's nowhere near that. When this tournament's over, when the semester's over, it's, it's going to be a free for all. Go look at guys who we've either recruited before, have ties to a coach that we're going to hire, or from the area want to come back closer to home. You know those kind of things. That's that's what's going to stand out. I, who knows what kind of guys? We'll probably get a bunch of six foot guards again. I don't know what we're doing, but like I'm not I'm not paying attention to it right now. Just I have no interest in paying attention to it. I would. Here's what I would focus on. Um, first off, there's like plenty of mid-major players who are good, Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. And here's the thing. They seem to be a lot better at shooting free throws than our <laughs> guys. So maybe at mid-major programs, they learn fundamentals better. Yeah. Um, I target, I'd see if you could find like coaches, kids, you know, like the classic, like glue guys that you see in football. Um, you know, you need guys that are going to come in, be hungry and be loyal and, you know, just manage the head cases, I guess. Going back. And then. Sorry, one more yeah. thought on the, on the collective thing and how it applies to the culture. NC State is not going to be able to raise $8 million like Tennessee did to pay this five-star quarterback. Oh, yeah. that's insane. So this is why it's important that, like, we're going to raise some. We'll get some NIL money. You know, we'll keep some athletes happy. This is it's important you build your culture because you want to be old like Dave Dorn's teams are. That's something he's done really, really well. He's been able to build that culture where he can keep his guys around. He can develop them and let them, you know, be around long enough to develop. And you're gonna have, you know, 21, 22 year olds playing against 18 year old five stars. We've seen how that balances out. That's what NC State needs to do. That's what basketball needs to do. You're not going to be able to to buy the players like Kentucky's going to do. You're just not. You don't have the brand power yet. So we need to be able to keep guys around that develop some. You do that by having some NIL, it's impacts it, but also having the culture that people want to stick around for. That's the one of the biggest problems with what's happening right now. It's easy for kids to leave if you don't have that culture that's built around more than just ice cream after a game. You're going to have a lot of turnover, and that is a, not a way to succeed and way to stay old. It, it, to me, it's just different, and you have you can you can see the differences in the two programs and how they're run. I, and I think that's what you need because we're not going to be able to compete at that next level. But just buying players. It's just not something NC State's going to do. Our fan base is is not galvanized behind a unique, uh, unifying vision at the moment. It's just not. 
other other question. What do you consider improvement next season? I mean, technically finishing 14th place in the conference and winning five games would be, but I don't see it that way. I think to me, improvement would actually be going, say, 10 and 10 in conference. What do you think improvement would be for NC State next year? Mm, Finish ranked. That'd be a huge improvement. Um, That's what I'm saying. It's like you need to see something massive, right? Because you need something that's going to say, forget about what just happened. That was awful. That was unfortunate. That's that's what happened in football, right? Had a terrible year. Went back. Had a good year in COVID. Had a better year after COVID. No one's talking about 2019 anymore, except as a, hey, look, that was a blip. Yeah. So you need something good. If you if they get a 10 and 10, man, like, and it's a bunch of guys that are like one and done, basically, as transfers, I don't see what that really does for you. People are still going to be agitated. Um, I've I've heard people talk about regression to the mean, right? And this is talking about if you your team is going to get back to normal. So if you had a bad year, you're going to regress back to where you have been, which for Kevin Keats is right in the damn middle. Going to be on the bubble. So that's the absolute bare minimum. And even then, like if the product on the floor is not dramatically improved i think that is yeah it'll it'll be indicative of where things stand i don't i just don't think this you can't watch the tournament now watch the teams that are in there even the early rounds seeing the ball movement seeing these teams play together seeing what they drop out of timeouts and think we have it's just because players didn't make shots. That's why we haven't been good. The product on the floor has to improve. They can win more games by being healthy and having more talent, but that doesn't mean they're going to be good. It doesn't mean they're going to be a well-coached team. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them to get their stuff together. All right, last question. More likely to happen. State makes a sweet 16 next year or state makes a college football playoff next year. You have to pick one. Oh, college football, but that's not happening either. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, there's a more likelihood of us going like 11 wins with Dave Doran than this team. I, man, Keith didn't even get past the first round of the tournament. The one time he's been there and couldn't make extremely deep runs in the NIT. So I'll go with Dave Doran yeah. on this one. Yeah, agreed. And even how – it's crazy how big of a long shot that is, and it's still a better chance, right? It's still the option that we picked. It's wild to me that that's, that's where we are. I'm going to go with that other one too because I know it definitely means that we won a uh, ACC championship because there's no way we're in the playoff without one. Oh, that would be so great. The um, somebody made a point again in the pod chat earlier that the two teams was it the two teams in the NIT that made the NCAA this year that were, or maybe it was the, the three teams in the final four of the NIT were all in the NCAA this year, so they all got better, like they all progressed. Then yeah. we finished dead last. 
I think that was, I thought that was an interesting point. Just imagine how good they would have been if they had Manny Bates. Though. Yeah, right. Manny Bates. Manny Bates means we have to fire coaches. Cool. I hope Manny Bates comes back next year and is first team all ACC, is an All American, um, you know, blocks our way into the championship games. Like, nothing would be better than for Manny Bates to return. Yeah. Because it takes away the biggest excuse. And maybe, I mean, honestly, he would make a difference. There's no doubt in my mind. I just, I think it's a bold step to say with Manny Bates, you're, what did he say, like a top 25 team? You know, that's him just trying to sell the fan base. I get it, man. I'll give you some. Weak attempt. I'll give you. It was a weak attempt. It was a really weak attempt. At that point in the season. It, yeah, it, it's a it's very bold. Um, All right, last thing. I'm not sure if you've seen this weird. <laughs> NC State's got a lot. NC State has a lot of weird Twitter accounts out there. Oh, God. Have you seen Lecter back? My man replies um, to every, replies to most of our tweets. <clears throat> and they all I saw it, are I- in the like words or like mind of Hannibal Lecter, the serial cannibal. Very, very weird. Um, I saw the screenshot of one of them and, uh, yeah, that would, that would be a no from me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't, man, pe- people are crazy, man. I think that one is, I, every time I see, I've been meaning to talk about it for a while because I keep seeing it pop up. I'm like, that's just strange. <laughs> it's just an odd choice, man. <laughs> it's very, very weird. Mmm. I ate them with lettuce wraps. Is one of the things he said. What was it? Mmm. The myth of the Carolina Carolina way. Tasty. I'm like what? You know, if it's keeping that guy from murdering somebody, I guess it's worth it. <laughs> I, I mean, who, keeping him off the streets. <laughs> who comes up with that idea? Like, who's wow, this is a great idea. Like, there's a it's just a Boo Corrigan quote. Mm, I must have this man over for dinner. Yes. <laughs> what? God, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, super weird. Don't be that person. Super weird. <laughs> I want to know who's. I want to know who's behind that account. You know, I mean, we're oh, man. You know, when they find our bodies, I guess they'll know why. But <laughs> you know, clearly they're probably a listener. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They definitely, definitely engage in the twitters. Very strange, though. Very strange. Good for them. All right, I, that's all I got. I I promised somebody. Somebody told me, "Hey, we're subs- we're subscribing now. I'm going to subscribe now. Uh, I need some, need some good news." I was like, "Man, this is not the episode to listen to." Uh, I was like, no. uh, "But football's getting ramped up. Spring practice, spring games coming up. A lot of good things are going to happen. We can kind of push basketball to the back burner, like everybody is absolutely hoping and waiting for us to do." So I think everybody's ready once this tournament is over and we really don't have to talk about basketball anymore other than 
a random hire or two or a portal guy. We don't have to dwell on this. I hope we're talking story. about. I hope we're talking about Westmore getting through the Sweet Sixteen, and yeah. you know, I, I that's that's where the positivity hopefully will come from. Well, let's see. Wait, did they? I mean, weren't they playing tonight? Or am I losing? No, they played yesterday. One of the. It's funny. Like I've never been into women's basketball. Like I'll admit it. Never. Because you're a man, you're not allowed into the game. <laughs> well, that's debatable. That's debatable <laughs> these days. Like, oh no! Uh, you know, guys, can't I just be sick and have a little, <laughs> little my fun? Point was I this never was to be a fun? I never bond. really watched it. Like I never really got into it. And but I have the last few years. I've watched a lot of the the women's basketball games for us, and they're damn good, man. Like I, I give them credit. Like it's a um, they. Reina Perez and Diamond Johnson. I, and I said this on Twitter that the tournaments are all about your guard play. State has two guards that, if they play as good as they can, which they have been, can lead them all the way in this tournament. They are that good. They are really fun to watch. And I don't know. Just wanted to put that out there. I'm, I'm happy this program is doing really well. It's, they're, they're enjoyable. Uh, go check out the baseball pod we did yesterday. Uh, Zach you know, gracious us with his insight. So I don't have to listen to Will pretending he knows baseball. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's good. He knows what he's talking about and we'll be back at some point with some more, maybe more positive content. We'll probably talk, start talking football. Now that football is upon us and the cover three podcast picked us as one of their teams that could possibly make the playoff of teams that have never made the playoff before. So we'll talk about that one in the future. I got the the audio clip from that, but as always, thanks for listening. Go pack. Go pack. Cause all I got on my mind right now is some ice cream. So. Amen. Kevin. Whoa.